Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, we've been gone a few weeks. We tried to record last week. We did the whole, we did a two-part show, didn't hit the record button. Uh, neither of us noticed until literally we finished, and we went, you know, why isn't there a red blinking light in the corner? Um, but we're here now. We've had a couple weeks to recuperate. We've both been on vacations. Um, and I think we're ready to kind of get back into the weekly grind of this. I think um, I think that was just a clear-cut sign that you needed to go on vacation. I think that was just basically the cherry on top of everything. So, um, yeah, I think we're kind of we're excited to finally get these podcasts out. Um, we got one that we're going to record today um, with a couple of the All Metro teams, and then tomorrow we're going to finish up the All Metros, and then. I think next week we'll start talking about some amateur baseball playoffs and different things like that. So got a handful of podcasts coming your way here in the next week or two. Um, So should be a good time. Yeah, we're recording this on morning of Wednesday, July 14th. So we kind of had a two-week hiatus of podcasts, but now we should be getting back to it. And like Brian said, you'll kind of get a bonus uh, episode later this week. We're not sure when it's going to come out. Maybe maybe on Friday, something like that. We're going to record the second part on Thursday. So. you might have been depraved for a couple of weeks, but you'll get we add a little bit on top to make up for for our past failures. So we wanted to spread it out where we did one last Wednesday. This second one we released this Wednesday. Well, here we are trying it all over again. But <laughs> I did like lose my voice in that podcast, basically, because I don't think we we're used to talking for so long. So yeah. uh, maybe it was for the best. I don't know. <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be good. And um, that way you can kind of catch your breath for ne- tomorrow and we can kind of. Uh, kind of go from there but got a lot of uh teams that we've i mean it seems like so long ago that we introduced those all metro teams um i think it was the week the weekend before fourth of july up through the weekend of fourth of july that we were releasing daily teams for the different sports that were going on in the spring um and it's just nice to be able to kind of tell people where what our mindset was it's not an easy decision in any sense some of these were very hard to decide. Some of them were a little bit easier to decide just based on statistics and what they were, what individuals were capable of doing um, on whether it was the golf course or the baseball field or the, you know, whatever it may be. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's exciting to be able to showcase all these different athletes and um, they're, they're, they definitely deserve these types of honors. Yeah, we had nine all-metro teams that we did with our seven schools of Apollo Tech, Cathedral, Sartell, Sock Rapids, Albany, and Recori. Um, the first part today, we're going to go through our first four sports, um, which are baseball, softball, boys lacrosse, and girls lacrosse. And then boys and girls track, boys and girls golf, and boys tennis will be in the next episode that you'll get to hear later this week. And like Brian mentioned, we'll we'll also talk a little bit about amateur baseball, the St. Cloud Rocks, the MLB draft, um, a couple other things that have some local angles that um, Brian kind of did some stories on while I was on vacation. So I'd like to also get to that, but uh, we'll save that for that edition because we still have plenty to talk about. I remember when we did this the last time, this part also <laughs> went very long. So I assume it'll be the same again this time that we record um so we're gonna start with baseball i think just kind of a preface for these all metro teams so like i said it's from those seven schools um we kind we talk to coaches um we kind of take some of their nominations into account we also discuss between me and brian 
We also look at all the stats from the season. We get them from every team, and we kind of put all of this together to do um, these all-metro teams. For baseball and softball, Brian picked there were 10 on the first team, 10 on second team, each of those. And for lacrosse, there were seven first team and seven second team on each of those to just kind of give you an idea of how that breakdown went. Um, and we also picked a player of the year. That's something when we switched from all area to all metro, we kind of went away with for a year, but we came back with that in the winter and now got to do that for um, the first time with both of us here in the spring, picking a player of the year. So um, I know, especially for baseball, I think this was kind of the hardest one um, for you to decide. This is the one you're kind of wrestling with the most. There was at least about three guys that um, could have won this honor that were on state tournament teams and had insane seasons. Um, I guess run me through a little bit about the process of picking the player of the year and um, who you ended up going with. Yeah. I mean, like you said, a lot of different teams going to state this year, it was kind of unreal to think about. You had Albany going um, as well as Sartell and Sock Rapids, which out of the seven schools that we cover, almost half of them making it to state is just kind of unheard of. So um, it makes it for a harder decision, but that's always a good thing because it shows that, there's a lot of good athletes around the the area, but my player of the year went to Ethan Navratil um, from Albany. He, the main reason behind it, um, you had other guys like, um, you know, Charlie Kent, as well as Steven Brink, Steven Brinkerhoff, um, both from Sartell, as well as um, Jack Greenland too from Sartell. Those individuals um, were all kind of in the same category when I was looking at it, but with Ethan, the main part for him is, He's just a well-rounded player, both offensively and in the pitching department. And he showed it with really good numbers this year on both sides. Um, he finished his senior year with a uh, 397 batting average with seven home runs, 22 RBIs, 31 runs, 31 hits, and seven doubles. Um, he was the shortstop. If he wasn't on the pitching pitcher's mound, he was the shortstop for the Huskies and was able to fire right across the diamond basically every time. Um, had a really good defensive defensive um, performance for the Huskies all season long. He was probably one of the most reliable players on that team um, for um, head coach Al, Al Amin, uh, Amdal. Um, and, I mean, and then also in his pitching numbers, he threw 46 innings. He struck out 54 batters. Also recorded eight wins. He had an ERA of 0.91, which is unreal. He also contributed to a no-hitter, um, also a combined no-hitter with another pitcher this season. Um, and his only loss of the season came from Foley. And, I, I mean, it, it's just he's just been a phenomenal athlete for Albany throughout the years. And this year he was an all-star selection. He was in a Granite Ridge all-conference as a sophomore and a senior. Um, he was MVP hitter for the Granite Ridge this year. So he'll be continuing on. He'll play at St. Cloud State University next year. And, I mean, sky's the limit with this kid. He he can he can do a lot of stuff and um, very, very excited to see what Ethan can do for his future. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, this, this team is really ripe with that state tournament talent. Um, you know, there's nine of the ten on the first team uh, were seniors as well, which is you know, you expect a lot of upperclassmen, but especially this year, it seemed they just kind of really um, took over for these teams. I mean, from Sartell, like you mentioned, you did have, you know, Jack Greenland and Charlie Kent that both, you know, hit, you know, above 400 and just were, you know, kind of just reliable um, on either side. You know, 
um, on either side of the ball as well. And they just continued to um, showcase that all the years. They ran to state two from Albany as well as Ethan. You had Zach Moritz, the senior catcher, and then Carter Thielen, the senior pitcher that um, continued to throw in big performances. And then you had Landon Lunzer, who was the senior pitcher uh, for Sock Rapids that really kind of put the team on his back in a lot of scenarios and took them to state two. Um, of all those guys, I guess, are there any specific stats that stand out um, that, you know, kind of really blew you off the page? I mean, the the biggest ones were, I mean, when you're looking at a guy like Steven Brinkerhoff, he was the only non-senior on that first team and batted 481. Um, I just found out recently that he was the MVP from a team vote for his team this year. Um, so that just shows you what he was capable of doing. Four home runs, 33 RBIs, eight stolen bases. Uh, I mean, he was just outstanding for the Sartell Sabres. He also helped them get that walk-off home run win um, to to send it into to send Sartell into the semifinals for state for the state tournament. So that was kind of fun to see. Um, some of the other guys on the team that um, maybe weren't mentioned: Connor Clark from um, Ricori, as well as Matt Friesen from Tech. Matt is going to um, Ohio University next year to play D1 baseball as a catcher for with the Bobcats. Um, even though Tech as a team didn't have an, an amazing season, um, Matt was just really, really good, really consistent for those Tigers um, and definitely deserves to be heading out there on a D1 scholarship. So big kudos to him on that. Um, and then Ryan Jansen from Cathedral, he – he was probably one of their best. Um, he was a senior captain for them, shortstop. And not only did he have the defensive skills, but he, he also got on base quite a bit um, as both leadoff and the second hitter, which um, is always important to do to get those three, four hitters able to have someone on base to knock them in. So, I mean, it, it's, it's just a really good overall um, core of guys on this team. Carter Thielen was probably the other guy that kind of stuck out to me. Um, he didn't really do much. He didn't bat. He didn't play on uh, you know any defense or anything like that. His main thing was pitching to this year, and um, I mean he would have been he would have been Player of the Year if it wasn't for Ethan that went out and you know hit and did shortstop and pitched. <laughs> but um, with Carter, he just was really good on the mound too. He threw. 54 innings, he struck out 47 batters, he recorded a 5.52 ERA, kept opponents batting average to .170. So um, a very good outing for him this year. And I mean, just overall, a really good, really good core of guys uh, for that first team. Yeah, and on the second team too, kind of like is, you know, kind of how it works out of a lot of the time is it is a lot of the younger kind of up and coming guys that usually are on. The second team that shows some of those flashes that we kind of expect to take over next year. I mean, um, like I said, seven of the ten, you have Brady Blattner and Jack Spanier from Ricori that have showed a lot. Um, you also had Tyler Phelps Hemish, who's a sophomore pitcher that's getting a you know a lot of looks that we expect kind of big things out of as well. Um, people like Jacob Merrill also from Sartell, junior second baseman. You had um, Elaine Mesquita from Apollo, who was a sophomore pitcher in shortstop. Terrence Moody from Soccer Rapids also um, did a lot for them. And then Grant Wentzman uh, from Cathedral was a junior. So um, a lot of names to expect for next year. I know we're excited just for all these sports next year because we're going to have such a better idea of what we're coming into 
compared to this year where even the coaches the first couple of weeks didn't really know what they had, didn't know what to expect. Um, so we're really excited about that. And yeah, there's, you know, also the three I didn't mention were Brayden Ayn from Albany, Chase Hain from Sartell and Evan Kaltoff from Albany that were the three seniors on the team. But I think a lot to be excited about with kind of the future on this squad. Absolutely. I mean, when you have three teams going to state in one year, it just shows you what the central Minnesota is capable of doing. Um, so, I mean, sky's the limit for a lot of these teams. And even the teams that didn't make it to state this year, they also have quite a bit of talent coming back as well. Um, and a lot of young talent as well. So, I mean, there's plenty of more people that I could have put on this list. Um, I made it 10 for a reason because otherwise we could have made it 15 or 20 for each team. But, um, but it just makes people, it just makes me excited because, you know, I actually was making tough decisions even on the second team, just as much as the first team um, because of how much depth and talent there is around this area. So definitely excited for next fall or next spring um, baseball season should be a fun one, but um, I'm not going to go too far in advance because I do want to go and watch football and volleyball and basketball and all those different sports too. So not too quick, but you know, quick enough. Yeah. And you're still getting, and we're still have a a month or two of baseball right now. (laughs) uh, Northwoods league, all of it. So you get you get quite a bit of fix around here for the year, I would yeah. say. But <laughs> moving on from um, baseball to our second sport was boys lacrosse. Um, this was the first time for boys and girls lacrosse we've done any type of either all metro team. That went, never had done an all area team before, especially as a lot of these um, programs are relatively on the new side, especially um, in kind of central Minnesota. Even going north a little bit, most teams have only been established in the last three, four, or five years. So. Um, you know, it is one of the, the fastest growing sports, as you always hear, and it's definitely starting, um, I'd say starting to pick up a little bit in central Minnesota as well. I know I'm going to be, I'm working on a couple of stories about that topic because I think it's just really interesting how it's starting to grow and kind of progress up from the Twin Cities to become a little bit bigger of a deal. Um, and that kind of led us to do this first all-metro team. Um, the player of the year for this year was St. Cloud's Joe Torberg, who um, this was a relatively easy selection for me because he was top five in the state in total points with 80 points and also um, 39 assists, 41 goals. And that 39 assists was also top five in the state. Um, you know, he scored at least two goals in his final 14 games of the year. He had a couple, he had a five goal, five assist game. He had a 10 assist game. Um, he was just was basically unstoppable for a majority of the year on scoring and not only the scoring, but um, their coach, Matt Kyle also said that, you know, his, ability to enhance the offense by feeding to others, being a leader um, was just huge for their success this year. And they had their most successful um, regular season before they were able to host a playoff game for the first time. They won that playoff game too um, with a lot of young talent too. They are going to be missing a few other guys on this list that are seniors, but um, a lot of really young talent, especially on that St. Cloud team that I think makes, um, you know, the co-op really excited for what the future will hold. Yeah, I remember doing a story on him um, earlier in the season and just a really fun guy to talk to. He um, just being able to start off his career on the East Coast and then coming into St. Cloud. And um, it was kind of funny because I think he his dad, the the house that his dad grew up in in St. Cloud is the house that he grew grew up in. So it was just kind of fun to see it come full circle. And um, I mean, anything anybody that you talk to on that St. Cloud team just 
can doesn't speaks more than words when it comes to Joe Torberg because he's just he's so mature for being only a sophomore this year, um, and he knows so much about the game of lacrosse that his IQ is just through the roof. So um, expect more more things to come from him. I mean, he's got two more years left, and you know, sky's the limit with him. So, but it seems like for you at least this this first team kind of a a mixture of you know. With with the baseball team, it seemed like a heavy senior class. Um, with yours and in lacrosse, it seems like it's kind of a a mixture between some soft a couple sophomores as well as mostly like juniors and seniors. Yeah, definitely. You know, of uh, of the fourteen total names that ended up working out exactly, that seven were from St. Cloud, seven were from Sartell Sauk Rapids. Um, there is quite a few more of St. Cloud on the first team. Um, but it makes sense that they were that close because both times they played, we were at both games that they played each other this year and both came down to, you know, final goals in the last minute. So I think that showed how even mostly these teams were. Um, and it kind of showed in my all Metro selections too. Yeah. You had junior Aiden Hilger who finished with 38 goals and 25 assists was also, you know, a really top scorer in the state. If it wasn't for Joe, he had a good shot at being player of the year. Um, he had seven games of straight hat tricks um, and was just extremely skilled and really impressed me when I saw them. I can't remember if he had three or four goals when they played St. Cloud, but he was just kind of everywhere in that game as well. Easton Portner from um, the Storm and Sabres as well made the team as a junior with 20 goals. Um, kind of an ability to not only score a lot, but kind of guard anyone throughout the field was was huge for him too. Um, and then a lot more St. Cloud guys that were seniors. You had Kyle Longstrom from the midfield. 22 goals, 14 assists, four goals in their section win, too. Um, you had Aaron Orcutt was a long stick midfielder um, who provided some offense from that position that was really big for them. Isaac Avenson was their top defender as a senior. And then um, Landon Othote from uh, St. Cloud, the junior goalie, was also huge. I think he kind of impressed both of us this year with um, his ability to kind of lead the defense, communicate what they needed to be doing. Uh, he was third in the state with 215 saves. And he faced the seventh most shots in state, too, with 341 and posted a really good save percentage um, and only allowing about eight goals a game, which is pretty low um, in lacrosse, especially when you're facing that many shots. So um, having Landon and Joe back from the first team will be really big for uh, St. Cloud next year. And then they also um, have Connor Herons, a freshman attacker, that also put up huge scoring numbers back, too. So um, I think they're sitting pretty well for going into next season. Yeah, I mean, I think the the fun the fun story this year was just kind of seeing, I mean, that, you know, it, it kind of seems a little bit of like a story of anything you can do, I can do better between uh, Joe Torberg and um, as well as Aiden Helger. Um, it's just, I mean, the two of them were just kind of going hand in hand when it came to scoring goals, getting assists. Um, and I mean, I, I'm just excited because both of them are going to be coming back next year and that competition is still going to be there once again, um, along with many of these other guys on this first team, which which will be fun to see. But um, those two were just – it was kind of an exciting time because, you know, it was – any time that you saw St. Cloud play Sartell Sock Rapids, you knew you were going to see two attackers that were very, very good at what they could do. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think the, the game of lacrosse is going to be very exciting next year with a lot of familiar faces coming back from this past year. Yeah, two very skilled players kind of back uh, to lead those attacking forces will definitely be exciting. Yeah, and on the second team, too, I won't list them all here. You can you can go 
Um, look on sctimes.com on all the names of these teams. They are for subscriber-only stories, so make sure to subscribe um, if you aren't already to make sure to get to look at all this content we're talking about today. But there's also three more seniors, three more sophomores between the two teams, kind of a mix. So, um, yeah, I mean, there is there is a lot graduating, but I think both have plenty of, of really talented um, skilled player, like we said, with a lot of them are continuing to increase that lacrosse IQ. It's kind of hard when you had to miss a year. Um, I know talking to some coaches, they said that was really tough with COVID, especially on a newer sport that not a lot of people have played a ton to to miss that year of development and kind of playing it a lot, especially if it's not your main sport. But um, people seem to rebound pretty well this year, and I think it'll just lead to even a higher level of playing next year. Absolutely. Well, I think that kind of wraps up um, the first part of this of this podcast um, when we get back we'll finish off the podcast talking about softball as well as girls lacrosse um, and then kind of get you ready for the next podcast that's coming out later on either this the end of this week or early next week so make sure to stay tuned we'll be right back Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. We're going to get into the second half of today's podcast with softball and girls lacrosse for our all-metro teams. Uh, we're going to start this segment with the girls softball, which, um, you know, I think we definitely knew, especially as that section tournament run went on, it was going to be someone from Sartell with just, you know, making the state tournament for the first time in 30 plus years, everything that went along with their season. And then Cami Dougherty just, completely just blew us out of the water during those couple of games. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> there's impressive, and then there's a different degree when it comes to what she was able to do at sections. Um, I mean, she finished, I think she finished sections with like seven home runs. No, like nine home runs, I think, and like 17 RBIs, and they only played three games, and they only played, I think, probably like, 13 innings because they beat every team it like by 10 runs so just super impressive um therefore cammy doherty from sartell gets the player of the year award for that first team um she's a senior pitcher but kind of similar to ethan navratil i was kind of torn between whether i wanted to pick cammy or um her her teammate reina stangle um both of them very good very um, well-rounded, but with Cami, it was just, I mean, she was able to pitch dominantly and she was able to hit efficiently. Um, she was the ace for Sartell. She threw 85 innings, had 102 strikeouts, 14 wins, and an ERA of 2.39, which is absolutely incredible. Um, then she also, on the offensive end, she finished the season with a 556 average, which is unreal. Eight home runs, 53 RBIs, five stolen bases, 37 runs, 40 hits, and eight doubles. She was probably one of the most reliable players on the team. She was a leader and um, someone that head coach Dave Dristy could rely on basically all season long. So um, she's going to be heading out to St. Cloud Technical Community College with a lot of teammates. Um, you'll kind of hear that that college quite a bit on this first team um, as a lot of the, a lot of her teammates, as well as some other 
other players are going to be heading over there too. So um, be kind of fun to have a lot of the local talent around the St. Cloud area for years to come. Yeah. And, you know, from her, of her Sartell teammates, like you said, a lot of me playing college softball, that was kind of the, um, you know, kind of thing that bound them all together as well is kind of that focus. You have Ava Williams, the senior shortstop. She'll be playing at Stout next year. She hit 450 um, and also had 29 hits. You have Raina Stangel, like you mentioned, who's going to be playing um, at St. Cloud Tech. And she batted 531, which is insane. And she was extremely dominant also through um, that postseason run that was really important. Emily Haug also, she'll be playing at St. Ben's next year, staying local as well. She hit nearly 500 um, with 37 hits too. So, I mean, yeah, just kind of across the board. They just were so deadly one through nine. And, I mean, that's what really just propelled them to, just like you said, rack up runs on teams and just completely blow them out of the water um, in some of those big games. Yeah, and another team that got quite a bit of some nominations was Ricori. Um Olivia Droddle, as well as Bree Griffin and Shelby Prom, um, or Prom, she, they all three of them were basically the leaders of of that Spartans team. Um, had a really good run through sections. Um, unfortunately, lost to Becker in that section turn or section finals game, um, but still a really good performance by them. Um, with Bree Griffin, she was kind of the one of the more consistent people I know talking to you uh, when we were going through this, I think every time that either you or I went out to one of their games, it was, I think she got three, four five hits every single time. Um, and that was pretty much consistent. Even when we weren't there, um, she finished with a five seventy five batting average. She had 20 stolen bases, six home runs and 37 RBIs. She had a slugging percentage of one, um, which is really impressive. Um, she'll be continuing her softball career at the University of St. Thomas playing Division I softball, which is really cool to see for her. Um, with Olivia Droddle, she was one of their one of their aces along with Shelby Shelby Prom. Um, and she was a senior pitcher. She finished the season with a 2.70 ERA, 122 strikeouts, eight wins in 84.1 innings. So just unbelievable stats there 122 strikeouts in 84 innings that's just unreal and then um, her counterpart um, Shelby Prom she's a junior she was a pitcher as well as a first baseman but she finished the season with a 484 batting average five home runs um, along with 35 RBIs and an 887 slugging percentage Um, she also pitched 59 innings with 85 strikeouts and a three ERA and more than likely she'll be, she'll come back as the ACE next year um, for the Spartans team as they get ready for another season next spring. Yeah. And, you know, to round out this first team that we've been going through, we have Paige Meyer from Albany senior shortstop, um, you know, was also an all area player, obviously volleyball and basketball when they won state. That's what she'll be doing next year is playing basketball at South Dakota state division one, but she had a great last softball season as well, hitting 547, five home runs, um, 41 hits, you know, just all across the board, kind of what you've come to expect from her. She was huge for Albany. And then um, two younger players, too, that will be coming back from some other area teams is Olivia Loudenbeck from Tech, who's a sophomore shortstop. She hit over 500, um, be a key leader for them coming next year. And then also you have Kaylee Falconer from Cathedral, who's a junior outfielder, also hit over 500, a very consistent theme across the board. 
with a lot of these players. And um, she was also second team class AA All-State um, in Granite Ridge All-Conference too. So um, those are two players as well to just really keep an eye on from some of the St. Cloud schools next year to kind of, you know, be reliable kind of chips in there um, in those lineups that you can, with a lot of these other players we've also mentioned, you almost expect to hit. Every, you're surprised when they don't get a hit almost because you just expect to hit every time with some of these averages. And, yeah, just the hitting was incredibly strong across the board, very competitive on this first team. Yeah, and to kind of look at the second team, I mean, similar to the first team, a lot of just kind of um, back and forth between some younger players as well as some older players. Um, that second team will have, I believe it's one, two, three, four, five seniors on that squad the rest of them are all juniors so you have five seniors and five juniors on that second team uh, all from different places um in all of them from different teams across the the metro area and um a lot of them coming back and being probably one of those leaders for a lot of these teams as they get ready for next year and um just again very good very good stats was a very hard decision between first team and second team, but um, definitely a better job of making it a hard decision than not having any players at all. So um, that just shows you how much how much talent there is around the central Minnesota area regarding softball. So 2022 should be a very fun season. Um, a lot of a lot of teams were on the brink of possibly getting into that state tournament besides Sartell getting there. Um, so could be. I mean, it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me if another team made it to state next year uh, with all the different players that are coming back. Yeah, and, you know, from six different you know schools on the second team, there's a lot of people we've seen in other sports like Cat Bell um, in hockey, Ashley Weber from Albany in volleyball, M.M. Dickey from Tech in basketball. I mean, so, yeah, so there's, um, you know, a lot of people over the years, too, that have made other all-conference teams, a lot of these softball athletes. Um, being three sport athletes have been really impressive other sports too and many more on that second team so make sure to um, check out that list as well because as Brian said there are going to be a lot of names to know for next season when they're stepping into even bigger roles Um, and to finish up the all metros today we're going to go to girls lacrosse similar to boys lacrosse this was the first time we'd done girls lacrosse as an all metro team and uh, these players are going to be from the three different schools in the area St. Cloud which is Tech Apollo Cathedral um, Sartell Sac, Sac Rapids and also Ricori make up these teams. Um, and this one uh, was also, it came down to another St. Cloud player. This one was Faith Miller. She's a senior defender. Um, and their coach, Greg Zanlow, was very adamant that she was just f- far and away their best player. Um, she had she was their top defender. She had a team high 52 ground ball pickups. She also had 16 goals when she kind of moved forward or um, played more offensively as well. Um, and she directed the defense, was extremely versatile. Um, you know, she missed her softball sophomore season due to a torn ACL. And then the junior season was canceled. So, I mean, they didn't really know kind of what she was going to look like here as a senior. You know, she hadn't played in a couple of years. Um, but the senior captain, she was selected as a Section 8 second team defender, which is no small thing with the, um, you know, there being only one class for lacrosse and also some really big schools in that section. So, um, you know, she just kind of always could match up against the top offensive opponents from the other teams. Um, and it's going to leave a really big kind of hole in the program with, um, you know, her graduating. The thing is, she also has, um, you know, there's Grace Miller, who's a junior attacker, um, you know, second team Emma Miller, two freshman midfielders. So kind of like you'd wrote a story about in soccer with, you know, the the sisters there 
Um, there's a couple other coming in the pipeline too that hopefully can can play big roles for St. Cloud. Absolutely, and and it seems like I mean St. Cloud kind of got a lot of the the first team nominations. There's a handful of uh, of some Sartell Sock Rapids players as well, but um, I think the one that kind of jumps out to me is Jenna Amundsen from St. Cloud. She's a freshman midfielder. I remember watching um, a couple of the St. Cloud games and. She, as a freshman, just has so much knowledge of lacrosse and just um, being able to um, being able to kind of direct both offensively and defensively like a midfielder should. Um, she just knows how to she knows everything about lacrosse, it seems like. And honestly, I didn't even realize she was a freshman until now. Um, and I mean, it just speaks volume because she's just so mature on the on the field. Um, with what she's capable of doing. So um, something that I'm sure Greg is very happy about having Jenna for the next three years, um, but also a handful of some, a lot more seniors on this this squad compared to um, the boys team. But uh, I guess maybe just kind of talk about some of those seniors that we'll be saying goodbye to, um, but definitely have made an impact on this season. Yeah, you have Josie Knoll from St. Cloud. She was their top scorer with 43 total points, which was 35 goals. Um, she had four straight hat tricks early in the season, too, um, and scored multiple games in the, you know, over two-thirds of their total games. So she was one of their most reliable scorers um, as a senior for them. And then for Sartell Sock Rapids, they're going to be losing a lot of great seniors. Um, one is Ava Hummerding. Um, she was kind of a focal point of their offense. She had a six-goal game I saw earlier in the year. Um, she was just really aggressive, either winning draw controls or attacking the defense. Um, so she'll be gone. And then also Aiden Larson from the Storm and Sabres as a defender. She was a really aggressive defender that um, applied pressure, could disrupt opposing attackers, um, and just really made life difficult for other teams when I got to see them play. So, um, you know, they also held opponents to five goals or less five times this year, which is really impressive in lacrosse. Um, and three of those were their wins. So um, she was a big key piece to lose as well and rounding out the first team that are two juniors for St. Cloud that'll be back is Grace Miller. Like I mentioned earlier, she had 39 goals um, and she, which was the most goals by anyone on the team. And she also scored in every single game. Um, she had eight games of three goals or more, which is incredible. Um, she also had a hat trick in their section win. So she'll be kind of their main offensive piece coming back. And then their goalie Haley Deans had a good first year. Um, with the program as well in that starting role. She had six wins um, and she made 66 saves too and had a season high 11 saves um, in a really close game against Becker kind of late May as well. So um, they have a lot coming back as well. I'd, I'd say St. Cloud has, you know, a couple pieces that they're pretty excited to have back. They're losing some big ones too. And then Sartell Soccer Rapids, they'll have a lot of um, kind of a lot of holes to fill with those seniors that were captains and really led that team throughout the year yeah and, and just to kind of round out that second team um like you were talking about a lot of seniors from sartell sock rapids that made that list as well as a handful of some saint cloud players um also a couple recory um players that made it on that second team as well um including carly carly hentius um the sophomore goalie for recory so um something to kind of look forward to as as we get ready for the 2022 season um, but yeah, overall, um, a very good lineup of um, of players from this past season, and also just kind of overall, just exciting to see lacrosse growing in this area. Um, I know 
for us, it was exciting to have this as a first time all Metro team that we were able to create. Um, I know you didn't, you did the work on, on the boys and the girls across side. Um, but just a lot of fun because I think this is a, a, I remember being back down in the cities covering, you know, the Woodbury area and it was a huge sport down there. I mean, the cities is just filled with lacrosse and, and it's just growing beyond belief. And then when you came up here, um, lacrosse wasn't as big of a sport, um, but it has been growing since the last time. I mean, I've been here for almost two years now and it just from when it when I was here to when to now, it's just so much growth has already happened um, on this sport. And it's just fun to see. And I know it's exciting for you, too, Zach, and um, just excited to see what 2022 has in store for both boys and girls across. Yeah, definitely. And there's still um, just like with anything that's new, there's still a lot of work to be done. And that's going to be kind of a crux of, um, like I mentioned, the first part of this podcast, kind of a, a series of stories or kind of a bigger theme I'm working on is just, um, you know, how far they've come so far has made big inroads, but there's still a lot of work to be done to kind of even, you know, get it to the level of other traditional sports that kids grow up playing. So um, I know there's, there's a lot of people working hard to make that a reality. And it's kind of a thing of, you know, the, you can't create the demand for it. So it just has to be people kind of starting to, to fall in love with it and enjoy it. And the more success, um, you know, some of these high schools have in the area, that's only going to breed more kids wanting to play it. Um, more generations of people, you know, also the thing that I think is going to be big is having a lot of, um, you know, these people that recently started playing it, either coaches, you know, people that played at high school, college, now getting to an age where they can be coaches themselves because um you know a lot of people that are coaches now probably didn't even play the sport growing up especially in this area you know east coast is kind of different but um having people that have played the game a lot more have more of that knowledge that can teach i think that's just going to continue to trickle down and hopefully can um continue to grow it but like we said yeah it was it was exciting to see these teams come together this year um after never never getting to see lacrosse played in the er area yet for each of us so um, was a lot of excitement to to get to put together those teams. Definitely, and and I guess I mean like we're, we like we've been talking about throughout the entire podcast. If you want to see some of these all metro teams, as well as um, a handful of, I mean, over the past week we've had a few different um, amateur baseball games that we've been going to. Had a feature that came out this past weekend. Um, all of those are kind of subscriber only, so you need to have that subscription and. There's some really good deals going out right now when it comes to sub subscriptions. So make sure to sign up because, um, I mean, what's what's a dollar for six months? You know, I mean, <laughs> um, so you you definitely grab onto those opportunities. Um, and I know for us, I, I think this will kind of wrap up this podcast, but um, we'll be having another one coming out here later on this week or early next week, um, kind of showcasing the, the rest of the all Metro teams. Um, with golf and tennis and track and field. So make sure to stay tuned to this podcast as another one will be coming up here soon. And then shortly after that, we'll have an amateur baseball um, podcast coming out too. So a lot of different stuff going on, which is always a good thing. So, um, but yeah, I think that'll, I think it'll kind of wrap up this podcast. I don't know. You got any more thoughts, Zach? No, not too much. I know. Yeah. Like you said, we're, we recorded this on Wednesday. We're going to try to record the rest, um, on Thursday just to give people, um, a little bit of an idea of when this is coming out in case there's, you know, some huge breaking news thing that we didn't mention in that podcast. But yeah, there's going to be a lot to talk about. I mean, there's, um, 
MLB draft stuff. We had a lot of Rocks players get picked. We also had a St. Cloud State pitcher get picked. Um, there's, you know, college commitments, all this different thing that we're kind of keeping track of as the summer goes on. Um, that I'm excited that we're going to get to touch on a couple of things we don't get to really much during the year when we're so busy with high school and other stuff. So, yeah, just once again, as always, thank you to everyone that tuned in this week, and we will see you again next time.